0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was and wherever he went into villages or cities or farms they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak and all who touched it were healed the gospel of the lord Amen.
1: Please be seated. (laughs) Oftentimes, when I preach, I I like to start with something a little funny or a little joke, and I considered it this morning. John and I had a talk and decided that at this juncture in my career, jokes about circumcision are probably not a good idea. (laughs) In front of the congregation, So, pull me aside later, and um, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I'll give you a a, a factoid, something that I find very interesting. Um, A previous rector that was here with me, he he and I were talking one day about your reading from Samuel this morning, and if you read a little bit further, you'll discover that God does indeed uh, give um, David the measurements to finally go forward and build a place to house the uh, Tabernacle, and the Commandments, the Ark of the Covenant. And you can take those measurements and figure out what they are in our measurements. And so Russell and I came upstairs and actually figured out that this room is remarkably close to the size of what that building would have been like. We measured it out. Um, It's off literally by a foot in either direction. So little factoid there for you that we always thought was interesting. And then somebody stopped me after the service this morning and said, you do realize that we pay your salary, don't you? And I said, yeah, I know. (laughs) know, Sorry. Um, So anyway, um, we oftentimes as priests in seminary kind of settle upon a favorite gospel, uh, just our nature. And you as a lay person may have also. Maybe you really like John, uh, the mystery of it. Maybe you really like the beautiful language of Luke. I am a Mark guy. Mark is where I, as I said this morning, I made my bones. That's where I studied all of my time. I spent all of my time in intensive Greek with Mark and everything else for two particular reasons. One, because it is the first gospel, and I thought it was important to go right to the root of the very first words written and be active in that. And the second one is, is that it's the shortest gospel. So I didn't have to do as much Greek translation (laughs) as the other students did. Um, But it really is short. You can read it uh, in one sitting in about 45 minutes, the the Gospel of Mark. And what you begin to realize as you read it is that it is a gospel of action. Um, There is never a moment in spite of what the readings say today, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, where Jesus ever has a moment's rest. And what you'll discover if you read it is about the time you get to the third or fourth chapter, you're almost out of breath because it'll say, and Jesus got up and went to this place and did this, and He moved and went to this place. always moving, constantly moving, never resting for the entirety of the gospel until the crucifixion, literally. There's never a moment when He is not actively engaged in ministry. And so we get this glimpse today of Him saying, you all have done hard work, come away with me to a quiet place, because you haven't even had time to rest. You haven't even had time to eat, it says. And I can guarantee you that there are a lot of great sermons that are being preached around the United States today and around the world on the concept of everybody needs to take Sabbath time. I can almost guarantee it. There's probably a 1,000 of those sermons today, and they're all good, and they're all right. You do need to take Sabbath time. You, after a while, will become fallow. You will not be productive um, if you don't take some time for rest. Um, However, as we see this morning, it never happens because as soon as they get to where they're going, the crowds move in on Jesus, and He immediately goes back to work in ministry, immediately, never stops. People were bringing their sick, and He was healing them. Some of them even just had to touch the fringe of His garment, they said, and they were healed. There was never a moment where there was ever anything quiet about it. And active ministry is very much that way. I mean, it just is. It's hard to find Sabbath time as people of Christ. It's difficult. If you are actively engaged in ministry in your own lives, however that might be, you will find that there's really not a moment when you feel like you can just let it all go and sit down for a couple of hours. You will find that to not be the thing that happens most of the time. Most of the time what happens is the moment that you say, I'm going to rest is the moment when everything goes off like a cocked hat and you are actively engaged in ministry. It just is that way. The people who wrote and designed the common lectionary—I'd love to meet them sometime. I never have. But they always have questions about some of the things that they do. You'll notice in your reading this morning from the gospel—you don't have to open up. I'll share it with you. That the gospel reading says—it's from Mark—and let's see—it has um, Mark 30-35, 53 through 56 they left out a huge portion of the text. And so a couple of days ago, when I was reading through it, I thought, what did they leave out and why did they leave it out? And you know what they left out? It's two very insignificant things that happen very fast over 30 uh, 30 books, uh, 30 small verses right there. The feeding of the 5,000 happens right there (laughs) in about 20 verses. And Jesus walking on water and pulling Peter up and you know, chastising him for his lack of faith. Just two small things that they've left out. And I bring it up to say that that needs to be said because it's all about rest, of course, but there never is a moment. He immediately has to feed 5,000 people. He immediately has to walk on water. And then it tells us that they moored at Gennesaret and they got out of the boat. They give us the last thing. Active ministry is really difficult. I learned it this week the hard way. I took a vacation this week, went to the beach. My family and I are very fond of Seagrove Beach, and so we went to the beach. And Normally when I go to the beach, the first day that we get there and we go out to the beach, I will, in about 20 or 30 minutes, drift off to sleep. And that's when I know that I'm ready for some vacation, and it feels good, and it feels right. I didn't drift off to sleep until an hour before we left on the last day at the beach because my mind would not allow me to relax. And my body was perfectly relaxed, I can tell you for sure. But my mind never stopped. In fact, I texted uh, our lovely rector on Monday because I'd asked him to do something for me while I was gone that required um, he to uh, go somewhere and, and do a Eucharist for a group of people. And I texted him and said, uh, did, you, did you remember? How did it go? And he texted back, he goes, oh my God, I forgot. Who do I need to call? And I started just, I was like, oh my Lord. And I started looking up numbers. I gotta call people and apologize and do all this while I'm at the beach. And he says, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then he says, will you please take your vacation and rest? And I went, yeah, I'm sorry. And he was right. I had no business texting him on Monday. And truth be told, at the time, if my wife would have known it, it would have been a much more horrible vacation, I can assure you. (laughs) because She would have been mad, and she had every right to be. I don't know what it is about being able to disengage from the world that is so difficult for us and for us. But in your life of ministry, there's always going to be challenges in lay ministry that are always going to come up at the times when you don't want them. It's Murphy's Law. It always happens that way. It's always going to be the case when you're hosting a wedding of 350 people that the air conditioner is going to go out. Okay? It's always going to be the case that the thing that you don't need to happen is the thing that what? Happens. But here's the final thing. Christ promised you that He will always give you the fuel to carry on and will always give you the words to say when you need them. And that is a promise that He makes and keeps, and I see it every day in my life and the lives of people around me. Lean into that promise, and don't be afraid to ask for that help, because when help is needed, it will be given. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.